Thank you for listening to Draw Near with Fred and Kara. We have another shorty for you today in honor of our website launch, which launched on October 4th. So we want to encourage you to check it out. It's what is that website, Kara? Drawnear.me. Um, and if you want, so we're in the middle of, Fred has decided to call it the Beard Razor. Raise as an R-A-Z-E as in destroy. It means to destroy. We're <laughs> going to destroy his beard um, <laughs> if we reach the goal of our fundraiser. So um, if you want to help see Fred shave his beard, <laughs> um, and if you want to help support Draw Near and the mission of Draw Near financially, visit drawnear.me and consider hitting the donate button and it'll take you to our Patreon page. And if they can't help financially, um, what are some ways that they can help Fred? I think ultimately just praying for us, yeah. sharing, uh, liking, uh, commenting. If, if there, any part of you has gotten anything of value from the podcast, leave a review. Mm-hmm. Give us a five-star rating. You know, all those things <laughs> help. <laughs> yeah. um, but really, you know, I don't, we don't mean to keep starting everything with a fundraiser. Really, the point is just if you found any value in this, mm-hmm. help us to continue to, to do this great work. Yeah. And even if every listener just gave a dollar, right. I think we would reach our goal. As crazy as that sounds, uh, we actually probably would. Yeah, and we really do appreciate, you know, your prayers. And um, if that's how you w- want to support us, we really do appreciate it. So... Um, we're hoping to end the fundraiser, the beard raiser, um, by Thanksgiving. And mm-hmm. in, in honor of Thanksgiving, we'll say thank you by shaving off Fred's beard. Yeah, it's just in time for the family pictures. <laughs> yeah, you're going to look good. Uh, it'll be wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it'll be great. Um, so for today's shorty, we want to talk about the Bible. Um, not necessarily in teaching about the Bible, because we have gotten requests to do more like scripture teaching but just the Bible in general. So I'm auditing a class through the Augustine Institute, and it's much cheaper, um, well, considering the price of what it is to to actually get credit. But mm-hmm. anyways, my professor was telling a story about how uh, he went to give a talk at a Bible conference, and this woman came up to him and was like, oh, are you a speaker? What are you talking about? And I don't remember exactly. It was something like, you know, the fulfillment of the kingdom in the Gospel of Matthew or something like that. She goes, Oh, so you're talking about the Bible. Yeah, I'm mm. not really into the Bible. I'm I'm Marian, is mm. what she said. <laughs> <laughs> and he was super nice. Um, and he's just like, oh, okay, you know, enjoy the conference. But the reality is that Mary is in the Bible. Right. And I just talked about that in the last shorty about mm. Mary as the Ark of the New Covenant and, and showed a few examples of how she is in the Bible. But even in her apparitions, so when this woman said, like, I'm Marian, she meant I, I study the Marian apparitions. But even mm-hmm. in Mary's apparitions, like, she doesn't point to herself and to go continue studying the apparitions. She points to Christ, and mm-hmm. Christ is found in Scripture. Yeah, and, and that's true Marian devotion is yeah. always pointing to Christ. And we talk about Scripture. All of Scripture is what? All of Scripture is one book. Yeah. It's one word. That word is love. That word is Christ. Yeah. I forgot which saint it was, but he said that um, Mar- it's obvious that Mary had a great understanding and reflection and meditation of the Scriptures because her Magnificat sounds a whole lot like Hannah's prayer. Right. So she would have known the Old Testament. So to be truly Marian is to have this love for the Bible. And so Mary's efforts are always going to point to Christ, and that's where we meet Christ most is in Scripture. So we want to talk kind of mo- more about like the importance of studying and praying with scripture. And really this episode is not to make you feel guilty at all about like if if you don't feel like you've had that opportunity in your life to know more about scripture, to study scripture, pray with it, pray with it. I honestly didn't care about scripture at all until I was in my early 20s. 
um, I would go to mass and like, oh, I know that parable. I heard it three <laughs> years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and that's about it. Um, but once I started, you know, learning more about scripture and praying mm-hmm. with it, it was really like, that's where I feel like I fell in love with Christ and he came into my heart a lot more. So this is not meant to make you feel guilty, but hopefully it does spark an interest in your own heart and your own life to really sit down and, and study scripture or to pray with scripture. Yeah, that's good. Kara, as you're, as you're talking, I'm remembering as I was growing up and hearing my, my dad would sit down with me usually on Sundays and read Bible stories to me and thing. And I always found that exciting, but he didn't know much about scripture. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't anything there beyond just the story. Right. Um, and I, and I, used, I would I would go through phases where I'd get really excited about reading the Bible. And, of course, I'd think I'd, I had to start at the beginning. Yeah, that's rough. And, <laughs> yeah. And I do really good, like, getting going through Genesis. and But by the time I got toward the end of Exodus and we're talking about the tabernacle's construction and then, <laughs> then moving into Leviticus, usually I would get a little burned out. Yeah. And so I, I think these kind of tips will be helpful to folks. If you want to read more scripture, you want to get into scripture, how to do that. So so what was uh, the most impactful, um, dare I say life-changing, scripture that you've ever read? Uh, honestly, probably, and we've did a whole, whole episode on this, is um, Matthew four eighteen through 22. It's the calling of Peter and Andrew when Jesus is in the boat and he says, come follow me. Honestly, that's probably the scripture that... Why? Why? Um, (laughs) Like, what did it change in your life? How did it impact you? I think it was the first time I meditated on scripture for myself and got fruit from it, Mm. like in my own prayer, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because the church actually teaches that when we read scripture, it should be accompanied by prayer, not just reading it to read, not just not just reading it to to sort of check a box of, well, I got that passage done today, but to actually meditate it, to chew on the word, and to take it in. And reading that passage, I don't know, maybe it was just that time in my life, um, just thinking about when Christ calls us, this is what it looks like. He says, come follow me. What does all that mean? And the idea of dropping our nets, Mm -hmm. you know, as you said beautifully on the episode that we did, come follow me, Kara, you know, we can't pick up the cross if we're dragging our nets. And so Mm -hmm. those sorts of things that in that scripture passage that's really kind of what changed my life in a lot of ways and set I wouldn't be here today without that meditation on that particular passage Mm -hmm. I know there were other ones in your life like pre uh, conversion that led to your conversion do you want to share those at all that's like a different aspect of how they changed your life uh conversion as in coming into the Catholic Church your second conversion yeah certainly yeah yeah a tale of two conversions it's my life um you know I think John chapter 20 was a very impactful one. I think of, and I think we talked about this on the Why Are You Catholic episode, but the um, the idea where, where, you know, it's after the resurrection, Christ comes to the apostles and he says, all authority in heaven has been given to me. I give it to you. He breathes on them the Holy Spirit and he says, whoever sins you forgive shall be forgiven. Mm-hmm. And whoever sins you do not forgive shall not be forgiven. And I always struggle to understand what in the world does that mean? Right. Because in my pre-Catholic days, it didn't make sense. I mean, it even seems like a scripture passage that's out of place. And, and I would ask that question, what does this mean? And I would always get the answer, well, this is how Catholics justify confession. Right. And, I, and I'd always ki- kind of be stuck with, 
well, what do we believe about yeah. that? Yeah. Like, there has to be an answer. If that's what they believe about that, then right. what do we believe? And no one could ever give me an answer beyond that. And so scripture, in a lot of ways, is what led me into the Catholic Church because it was there that I found uh, the answers I was looking for, which is also why when we study scripture, it's important to read scripture in light of our tradition, yeah. in light of the church, in light of what the saints and the church fathers have said, uh, because we recognize one deposit of faith, which is scripture and tradition. Paul himself refers to this when he says, be true to what we have spoken or written. You know, it's, it's, it's the same thing. So it's one sacred deposit of faith that we depend on. Do you mean like when we read scripture, it shouldn't be our own personal imp- interpretation? Like this is what it means to you, This, but this is what it means to me? Right. I think there is an element of that, certainly. Now, the word is alive. The word is living and active. So I think there is a sense in which we could both read the scripture passage, a scripture passage and God could speak something to your heart mm-hmm. and speak something different to my heart. Now, yeah. those things aren't going to contradict they're not going to contradict the word or who God is or who God is. They're not going to contradict tradition, but how we apply that in our lives might be different, but the overall meaning won't contradict it. And, you know, and that was another thing too, that, uh, as I studied scripture, uh, especially when I was studying to be a Protestant pastor, you know, a lot of my classmates, whenever questions on scripture interpretation would come up, it would always come down to, well, it depends on your interpretation of such and such. <laughs> and that used to drive me crazy because it can't depend on my interpretation. Right. Like either God was trying to say something or he right. wasn't. Mm-hmm. Either God is the author of scripture and he intends something or he doesn't. And so that's kind of, and I know that sounds like an extreme dichotomy there, but in a, in a sense that's true. Like there has to be a meaning, a, a meaning yeah. there. And mm-hmm. I think what God intends, which is ultimately for our salvation, he means something by it. What does it mean? Right. All right, Kara, since you caught me off guard with that question, what's a scripture passage that has changed your life? Um. Okay, well, I'm going to pick one that has changed my life in terms of meditation because I really like studying scripture and learning more about studying it. And so there have been a few that like typology. I, I love that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But in terms of meditating, um, probably Matthew chapter 7, um, starting in verse 13, where it talks about the narrow gate. And I know I've talked about this in other episodes, Mm -hmm. but it talks about the narrow gate um, saying wide and easy is the path that leads to destruction, but narrow and difficult is the path that leads to eternal life. And I think this, this and other passages that talk more about the reality of life after death and what we have to either look forward to or fear really changed my life because, you know, from for a very long time from the outside looking in, I think people would think that I was a faith filled person. But for a lot of time, interiorly, I kind of felt like a poser, like mm-hmm. I was just going through the motions or like I had kind of this lukewarm relationship with Jesus, mm-hmm. but I didn't really think about him. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, but when I started learning about the reality of, oh, there's heaven but there's also hell and how I live my life to term like God's going to honor that and where I go. I think that's really what changed how I approach life. Like I didn't want to be lukewarm anymore and I didn't want anything other than to take the difficult path and get to heaven. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's awesome. And it kind of makes, I mean, there are a lot of passages that talk about this, but ironically, um, this Sunday's gospel kind of talks about eternal life too. It's um, the rich young man passage where the rich young man goes to Jesus and he says, what must I do uh, to inherit eternal life? And after Jesus, you know, gives him all the commandments and he's like, I do all those. Jesus is like, go sell all your things and follow me. Mm-hmm. And then it says, and this was very difficult because he had many things. And that doesn't mean we have to be like this homeless roaming nomad in order to inherit eternal life. But it gets at the heart of what we talked about in Francis and Claire, mm-hmm. where poverty, true poverty is not being broke all the time. True poverty is not having attachments to your things and in, in the world that stops you from following Christ. And so it's passages like this that really get at the heart of like, this is how we inherit what we are meant to inherit because we are adopted sons and daughters of God and we are meant to inherit this great gift of heaven. But this is these passages show like, how, how do you do that? And the Beatitudes are another one. Mm-hmm. So just reading these things of like, God gives us the roadmap and he tells us the road is difficult. But I think studying and, and, and really meditating on those Mm. impacted my life to where it was no longer I'm just going to go through the motions and be lukewarm. I want to actually have a close personal relationship with God. Yeah. Amen. As you're talking that Kara, I'm reminded of the Our Father as well. Yeah. Another powerful. I think I think everything every episode we've ever done, we have some yeah. reference to the Our Father. Uh I think you see a lot of what you're saying and what I'm saying uh captured in the Our Father. Yeah. So um, if there are people out there who are looking to kind of get into studying scripture, Fred, um, I hear that question a lot like, okay, where do I start if I don't really have a knowledge of the Bible? Where do I start? Um, So if someone wants to read more scripture, where could they start? Or do you have any tips to study scripture? Um, Well, the first tip, it's, I don't know how much of a tip it is, but it's just the one I keep thinking about. Mm -hmm. And I think it was, it's the one that was true to my, in my own experience in my own life was just to do it. Yeah. Like I find that oftentimes, even now, because I have periods where I'm really good at reading scripture daily like I should, and then periods where I start to get not too good Mm -hmm, at it, mm -hmm. you know. And the hardest day to do a thing like that is the day after you forget, and then it just keeps becoming a habit and and snowballs. So just like with New Year's resolutions, you know, we said, I'm going to, you know, we'll say, I'm going to do this this year. Right. But if there's not a hard and fast measurable goal with that, we won't. Right. And so I, I think the first tip is don't just say it, but actually do it. And even if it's just one or two minutes, mm-hmm. if it's more than what you did yesterday, that you're better off. Right. Um, even if it's just starting with the readings for that day, something like that. I actually think what Father Mike Schmitz is doing with the Bible in a year yeah. is a great way uh, to keep you accountable, but also to dive into scripture every day. I think it's only like 20, 30 minutes, some, somewhere mm-hmm. in that neighborhood. Start your day like that. I know my wife does that every day. And that's a good way because not only are you going through scripture, but you're also kind of getting s- the fruit of some meditation and some teaching on that. I mean, he I, I remember listening to the Leviticus part mm-hmm. and he sees a lot of stuff in there that will help you understand and help you uh, process all of that stuff in there. Right. Um, I would probably say, too, that when I was younger, I would have New Year's resolutions, actually. Like, I want to start reading the Bible more. And so I'd get an app that would send me reminders. But I started at the beginning. 
Mm-hmm. And like exactly like you said, I got to Leviticus and I was done. Right. <laughs> but right. I, I think if you have somebody who's walking with you and that doesn't have to be a physical person who you're going and meeting with and sitting with, it could be, you know, another podcast person. Mm-hmm. It could be somebody on a video series study. But if you have somebody who can walk through the passages with you, it's a lot more helpful because like I would get bored in Leviticus. But once I understood what was happening in Leviticus, it was a lot more interesting mm-hmm. to read it. And so I would recommend maybe finding a study and there are a lot of biblical studies out there. So I would recommend finding a Catholic um, Bible study or um, even on forms. Like there are a lot of really awesome series mm-hmm. where they walk through the teachings in these scripture passages. So it's not just that we're reading them to read them and check the box, but we're reading them to actually intentionally study them and understand what is going on in mm-hmm. the passages. Yeah, if I had to pick two books, if I just had to narrow it down, I was just thinking about this while you were talking. Mm-hmm. If somebody asked me, what book should I start reading? I think two two come to mind. I would say the Gospel of John mm-hmm. and Philippians. You'd say John first? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Matthew's my favorite, but I probably would say John. Really? Start there. Start there. Uh, he, he's hard and confusing, I feel yeah, like. Yeah. Okay, well, Kara's obviously <laughs> saying Matthew. I, I would say Matthew. <laughs> yeah. And and to be honest, Matthew was the first gospel I yep. really read. And yep. I read it a lot. Um, when I first started reading scripture, intentionally, I found that my three to five minutes a day quickly became 20, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then before I knew it, I was literally reading a gospel every single day. Yeah. And that changed my life. Mm-hmm. It really did. Um, first and second Samuel, first and second Kings was also one of those. Mm-hmm. Like it was almost like, you know, when you get to binge watching a show and you have to keep <laughs> one more episode. That's how I was with first and second Samuel, first and second Kings. It was just I found it exciting. Wanted to see what happened in that next chapter. But yeah, I probably would say the Gospel of John. Yeah. Because it, it starts with God's love right. and why he did all of this. And Philippians is just such a joyful, I find so much peace in Philippians. Mm. And I think everybody needs a little more Philippians <laughs> in their life. So yeah. um, that would be probably another book I'd recommend. And it's only four chapters. Mm-hmm. It's not a daunting task. Yeah. So if somebody is interested in praying with scripture and meditating with scripture do you have tips for how to kind of start with that uh a little thing called lexio divina yeah uh kara if you want to talk more about that uh do you think you mentioned it in passing in the ark of the covenant episode did you i don't remember um lexio divina is a great way to pray with scripture and we're actually going to kind of walk through um like a how-to and actually do it for you but before we get into it um i will say this that I think it is really important to uh, make it a priority to pray with scripture Mm -hmm. because I remember when I was growing up, like I would get really irritated and frustrated with God that, you know, he wasn't answering my questions or I would pray to him for something and, and he wouldn't give me an answer. And the reality is that we call scripture the word of God and we call Jesus in the gospel of John, we call Jesus the word for a reason because scripture is the living word of God. Like Jesus is truly present in the word. And so if we are, you know, asking God for help or asking him a question, how is he going to oftentimes speak to us? He's going to speak to us through the scriptures. And the reality when I was younger is that I did not read the scriptures. I didn't know the scriptures. And so when I would get frustrated, like, God, where's the answer here? 
he was giving it to me. I just was not looking for it in the right places. And so the more we understand scripture and the more we meditate it on it and have it in our minds, oftentimes now how he brings answers to my mind is he makes me remember certain scripture passages. And if I've never read them before, he can't bring them to my memory. Mm-hmm. So if we spend that time with God, we can understand who he is more and how he is going to talk to us. And he can talk to us through scripture. It doesn't, you don't even have to open the book, but the more you are familiar with it, he can, he can make you remember those things that will help you and answer those questions. Yeah. Kara, that's exactly why St. Jerome, whose feast mm-hmm. we just celebrated a few days ago, ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. Yeah. And so we talk a lot about relationship with Christ, the importance of knowing, loving, and serving him. Really, the key to doing that is to spend that time in the Word. We encounter Christ most profoundly in two places, in Scripture and at Mass, in the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. He's fully present in both things. The Word's living and active. The Word is how Christ speaks into our life uh, often, very often. And this is why the Church actually says to accompany our reading of Scripture with prayer, to, to pray on that Scripture. As you said, not just to, well, I read it today. Yeah. But in praying, as we read the scripture, the church teaches that it's, it's God and man walking and talking together, mm-hmm. just like was the original plan in the garden when God walked with them in the cool of the cool of the day. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when we read scripture and pray. Yeah. And the best one of the best ways to do that is through Lexio Divina. So if you've never heard of Lexio Divina or if you've heard of it, but have never really encountered it in a profound way, Lexio Divina is a divine reading. And so you're reading the sacred scriptures in a meditative way. And so we want to explain just briefly kind of how to go about doing it. And then we are going to do this with a passage. Um, So it's very simple, really. Basically, you choose a passage and you read through that passage one time. And a lot of people give different advice on what you listen to. Um, I I keep it pretty simple. So you read it through one time. And then you pause for a couple minutes in silent prayer and you listen for, I usually say, listen for one word that God is bringing to your heart from that passage. And then you read through the exact same passage and it doesn't have to be long, just a few verses is fine. You read through the exact same passage and I usually say, listen for a phrase and you pause for a couple minutes and you pray silently with that. And then you read it through a third time, the same passage. And some people will say, you know, place yourself into the passage. You know, are you um, are you somebody in the story? Are you a bystander? Um, I usually just say, now pray silently and and ask God, what are you trying to speak into my heart and my life through these this passage and through the word and the phrase that you brought to my heart? So it's very simple, and people do it in different ways. But the general idea is very repetitive. You stick with the same simple passage, and you read through it multiple times, and you pray with mm-hmm. it in silent prayer. Kara, sometimes when I find that nothing's really jumping out at me, mm-hmm. uh, I'm not, I'm having a hard time picturing the story or putting myself in the story and no words or phrases stick out. What I often do is just kind of try to summarize it to myself, like mm-hmm. not the actual words, but put it in my own words and process that. And then maybe even go back and look at the passage and read it again and kind of see, okay, is what I took from it, what it says, right. and kind of compare and contrast. And, and in that process, oftentimes, that's where I find those things that stand out. Mm-hmm. Like, why am I avoiding that phrase, right. perhaps? 
That's because it makes me uncomfortable. Okay, Lord, what are you trying to reveal in that discomfort? Or, you know, it, it brings me joy when I think about this. Lord, thank you for that joy. Thank you for that consolation. What do I do with that mm-hmm. in my life? How can I bring that joy to others? Something like that. The more we study scripture and know about scripture, the easier our meditation becomes. It's not like, you know, when we're when we're praying the rosary and we're meditating on the mysteries, it's not like, okay, Jesus is in a garden. All right, Hail Mary. Jesus was still in the garden. Mm. Hail Mary. Oh, he goes to check on his apostles. Hail Mary. And then pretty soon the whole decade's over. Right. But the more we know about the background mm. of things that are happening, our meditation becomes very beautiful and very profound. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's where study plays a role in contemplation and Lexio Divina. Mm-hmm. So we are going to do a Lexio Divina. We're not going to do the pausing for several minutes because that could be very awkward. So I'm just going to encourage yeah. you to just hit pause on this episode right. and still do that. But we are going to do um, the reading of a passage we're going to kind of walk you through how to do it. Um, and I thought it'd be fitting to do this, the gospel reading because that is one that mm-hmm. is a very easy way to start with Lexio Divina. Pick the Sunday readings for that week, and which we should be doing. We should be praying with the scripture before we go to Mass. So it's easier for us to, you know, be able to offer ourselves in Mass and receive what God wants to say at Mass mm-hmm. um, if we have an understanding of that passage. But this gospel message for this week is the rich young man. So I thought that'd be a fitting passage. Yeah, yeah. At the time of, of this recording and posting, mm-hmm. that is the reading. So it's very appropriate. And I love that this this wasn't planned. You know, this 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 discussion it just you know, it's very organic and I like to think inspired it's great. care. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um and it's just so fitting that come follow me and all this stuff just ties together. Mm-hmm. Uh the word is living and active, so yeah. All right. If you want to follow along with the reading uh, from this Sunday, it is Mark ten seventeen through 30. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up, knelt down before him and asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus answered him, why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. He replied and said to him, Teacher, all of these I have done and observed from my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You are lacking in one thing. Go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At that statement, his face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. So Jesus again said to them in reply, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were exceedingly astonished and said among themselves, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For human beings it is impossible, but not for God. All things are possible for God. So we want to encourage you to pause this episode, to spend a couple minutes in prayer, and listen for a word that God is bringing to your heart. And when you are ready, open your Bibles to Mark 10, 17 through 30, 
And we want to encourage you to spend some time praying and meditating with this week's scripture passages. So read that a second time and listen for a phrase and read it again and pray with it for a few more minutes. And that's how you do Lexio. So it's very simple. So we really hope that in this episode, we've hopefully um, inspired you to bring scripture into your daily walk with God. And we encourage you to just run with him in the word, yes. in, in scripture, um, because he, he truly is present there and he does want to meet you there.